0: you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that as we share your word today, it'll be a blessing to all that hear it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Let's open to Matthew, the first chapter. Matthew, the first chapter. Matthew, the first chapter, if you would. Uh, This being Father's Day, I thought we would start with something humorous about fathers. Uh, Hopefully you'll find it humorous. The the story is told of a father of five children who came home with a toy. He summoned his children and asked which of them should be given the present. And he, he, he asked him, he says, who is the most obedient one here who never talks back to mom and does everything that mom says to do? There was a few seconds of silence, and then all of the children said with one accord, You play with it, Daddy. (laughs) One evening, a little girl, you don't know how true that is. One evening, a little girl and her parents were sitting around the table eating supper. The little girl said, Daddy, you're the boss, aren't you? Her daddy smiled, pleased, and said, Why, yes, yes, I am. The little girl continued, that's because mommy put you in charge, isn't it? <laughs> wow. None of the men are there kind of just... <laughs> I remember one, somebody told me some years ago, a young boy went away to college and he, he wrote back to his father and he said, uh, said, no fun, need mun, your son. And the dad writes back and says, so sad... Too bad your dad. <laughs> so, anyway, happy Father's Day to, to all you dads out there. I want to consider a father who's often overshadowed by his wife, Mary. A father today who is often overshadowed by his wife, Mary. We're going to talk about a dad named Joe. A dad named Joe. And what we're going to do is we're going to consider some lessons we can learn about fatherhood from Joseph. From Joseph. You remember Mary and Joseph. And Mary usually gets all the attention being the mother you know of Jesus. But I want to look at a dad named Joe. I want to look at Joseph here today and consider some lessons we can learn about fatherhood from him. Look at Matthew 1 verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows... After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, you know, the sexual union, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Well, the first thing we learn about fatherhood here from Joseph is that he was a good and honorable husband. He was a good and honorable husband. He did not want to make a public spectacle of Mary. When he found out she was pregnant with someone else's child. And that's that's really good uh, to know about him. Is that he didn't want to embarrass her. He was a good and an honorable husband. You know the Bible says in the book of Colossians. Husbands Love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Theodore Hesburgh said this, Theodore Hesburgh said this, The most important thing a father can do for his children is to love their mother. And so we see that in Joseph. He was a good father because he loved Mary. Now let's read on here, Matthew 1 verse 20. But while he thought, while Joseph thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she'll bring forth a son, and you'll call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin will be with child and bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her, it just means there was no sexual relations, uh, till she brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. The second thing we learn from Joseph, from this dad named Joe, Uh, The second thing we learn about fatherhood from him is this, that fatherhood is more than biological. Fatherhood is much more than biological. You see, Jesus was born of a virgin, and he had no biological father, yet God chose Joseph as Jesus' earthly father, we could say his stepfather. You know, Adelaide Stevenson said this, It has been said that fatherhood is a career imposed without any inquiry into a man's fitness for it. That is why there are so many fathers who have children, but so few children who have fathers. Ever think about that? See, the biological part, really, biologically, you can be a father, but really not be a father. You know what I mean by that? Did you hear what it just said and i and I've seen hundreds of this situation over the years where you've got they're the biological father of the child, but they're not a good father to the child. Did you hear what it just said they don't They don't really care about the child you know, etc., so on and so forth. but I've seen other situations where you know the children weren't the natural children that they didn't come from the from the father's body from the man's body, you know. But he was a far better, better father to them than their natural dad. Did you hear what I just said? Now, I've seen natural fathers that are good fathers to their kids, and, and then I've seen natural fathers who aren't. And then I've seen step parents that, 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 that aren't good, good parents, and I've seen step parents that are, you know, better to the kids than their natural, uh, uh, Parents would be or their natural father would be. But the point we're trying to make here is just because you're a biological father doesn't mean that you're a, a, good, a good dad, you know. Did you hear what I just said? And, uh, and so uh, Jesus didn't have a biological father, but God wanted there to be a fatherly influence in Jesus' earthly home. God wanted there to be a fatherly influence in Jesus' earthly home. Now, I want to accolade single parents, you know, if if you're here today, especially if you're a single mom, I want to accolade you. My mom was a single mom. My dad died when I was seven years old, and my mom raised me by herself. I think she did a fairly decent job. Uh, Can anybody say amen? But... But... uh, but uh, So I don't want to make anyone feel less than significant if you're a single, single mom or single parent, you know. But, uh, but you know, it, it's really best if you have a mom and a dad with an influence in the child's life, you know. And uh, one thing Pastor Diane have, and I have learned over the years, one of the best things that a, a dad can do, for, especially for the daughter if you have a daughter, is tell her how beautiful she is. And tell her how special she is and how beautiful she is. Because, see dad, if you don't do that, one day she's going to get up and be a certain age and there's going to be some guy come along that might not be so good. You know what I mean? And he'll tell her how beautiful she is and she'll just fall for that hook, line, and sinker. Because, it, you know, finally somebody's telling her that she's beautiful. But if, if she's heard that from her dad... And we always uh, suggest that fathers, take your daughters out on a date. Take them on a date, you know, just spend time with them. Tell them how beautiful they are. You know, that way the first ding-dong that comes along that tells them that, they're not going to be so susceptible to fall for, you know, false words. Did you hear what it just said? So, um, but nonetheless, God wanted there to be a fatherly influence in Jesus' earthly home. I uh, read a statistic in preparing for this uh, message that uh, in 1960, 10% of the homes in the United States of America did not have a, a father figure in it. And now in the current time in which we live in 2012, there's about 30%. About 30% of the homes in the United States do not have a father figure in it. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? And... Uh, but anyway, it's good to have a fatherly influence if at all possible. Uh, but you don't but fatherhood is more than biological. Joseph accepted responsibility for someone else's child. Think about this. Joseph accepted responsibility for someone else's child. Is that not true? Yeah. We have no record, and something else, we have no record that Joseph ever said, well, Jesus is not my own flesh and blood, so I just can't love him as if he were. Did Did you hear what I just said? Yes. See, you know. And, and something I've learned over the years, you, the flesh and blood part, it doesn't have to be there for you to be a good dad. That's right. That's right. You know? Because there's so many blended families and so 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 many step parents and things like that, and we always tell people this, you know, honor your parent. Well, they're my step parent. They're not my real dad, but think about all the hours that that stepfather spent with you and talked with you and cared for you. So honor them just like they were your natural parent. You see, because uh, it, that's important. And so you see, Jesus. You need to realize this. Jesus is nat. Uh, uh, Father figure, Joseph, was not his biological father, but he was Jesus' father nonetheless. Amen? And he was that fatherly influence. And I can't find where Joseph ever said, well, you know, Jesus, he's all right, but he's just not my own flesh and blood. He never said that. He loved him just as though he were. And then also, it's interesting about Joseph, he essentially adopted a child, talking about Jesus... Who would be despised and rejected by many. Did you ever think about that? Do you ever think about that? Hasn't Jesus? He's despised and the Bible says he'd be despised and rejected of man, men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Is that right? And Joseph essentially adopted a child who would be despised and rejected by many. So I take my hat off to Joseph. He's a good dad. Now let's go on here and read in Matthew two verse thirteen something else. A few other things we want to point out about Joseph. What are we talking about here? A dad named Joe. When I said that, I think Joe George thought I was going to be talking about him, right? (laughs) And you know what? He's a good dad. I tell you what. I've known that man for all these years, and he's a good man and a good dad. Matthew, but Joe. Unfortunately, we're not talking about you today. But you know, we're talking about the other Joe. Okay. Now, skip down to verse 19. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. Now, some a couple lessons we can learn about Joseph here. Uh, I want to point this out. He had time for Jesus. He had time for Jesus. He had time for his son. You know, it makes me think of this, uh, this, this story about a father who came home from work and his little boy met him at the door and he said, Daddy, how much do you make an hour? And the father was a little put out by that and he said, Well, that's none of your business. Go to your room. And uh, the child said, But Daddy, I really want to know how much, how much you make an hour. And the dad said, Well... All right, I'll tell you. I make twenty dollars an hour. Now go to your room. And so the boy went to his room. And then a little while later, the father came into the boy's bedroom, and uh, he said, uh, he said, boy, he said, why do you want to know how much I made an hour? Why do you want to know that? The little boy reached under his pillow and he pulled out fifteen dollars, and he said, Daddy, I've been doing odd jobs around the neighborhood, and I've got fifteen dollars. And he said, I just need $5 more and I'll be able to buy an hour of your time. Isn't that sad, you know, when a kid has to buy an hour of his dad's time? Probably one of the most important things you can do for your children is just to spend time with them. Be with them. Be with them. You know, if you, there's a scripture in the Bible about Jesus and his disciples... And, uh, you know, if you think about what, did, what, what, what was the biggest thing that Jesus had with his disciples and you think, well, you know, he was going to give them power to go out and cast out demons and heal the sick and all that. But, but actually what the Bible says is the first thing Jesus wanted with his disciples is that they might be with him, is that they might be with him. That's the most important thing. Is to spend time with Jesus. Well here we're talking about today. The most important thing you can really do as a, as a father. As a parent. Is to spend time with your children. Did you hear me? Spend time. And I mean quality time. With your children. I remember a, a story. And this is true. It happened to me. When I was teaching uh, junior high many years ago. And I had this kid in my room. He caused me lots of trouble. He would always come in a few minutes late. He was was eighth grade, but he should have been in the tenth grade. He'd failed two years. And he'd always come in about a few minutes late. He'd always stop. When he'd come in, he'd look over at me, and he'd tip his hat, put his hat on, and he'd go. And I had him sitting at a side table because I had 30 desks, and then there were two longer tables. And I had him sitting at a side table, you know. And because he was causing problems and things, so I just sat him over there and and uh, uh, he every day, just like clockwork, bell would ring he 'd come in, walk in a couple three or four minutes late, he 'd look over at me, tip his hat, go over, sit down, and back in that hour, you couldn 't sleep in mr shield 's class, no sleeping in my class after fighting the battle with the kids for a while, I kind of thought, well, if they go to sleep it's better than if they throw spitwads at me. But nonetheless, at that time, you don't sleep in my class. And so this kid, one day, I'm up at the board, you know, and I'm up there teaching, you know, and I look back and he's, he's got his head laid down on the table. And I said, Mr. So-and-so, because I always call those little kids Mr. So-and-so. See, like him, I wouldn't call him Derek. I'd call him Mr. Ham. That always freaked those little kids out. Now, he's a little older, so I, in high school you could call him by their first name. Those little kids, Mr. Smith or Miss Brown. or They'd freak them out. So I said Mr so and so I said would you please sit up and pay attention and he's got his head laid down with his hat on it and he he goes like this he goes <sighs> So I said Mr so and so would you please sit up and pay attention and he does this again <sighs> So I'm a first year teacher now so you know I might not do that I probably wouldn't do this now I'd get sued but and fired but I sat my chalk I sat my book down i set my chalk down and i slowly i walked back and all the kids were wondering what i was going to do when i got to the table and i was wondering what i was going to do when i got to the table i didn't know it <laughs> slowly i went and i get right up over this guy it's a big guy now i mean it's not like it's a little it's a big big guy and i got over him and i said mr so-and-so would you please sit up and pay attention. You know what he did? He went. <sighs> so I got right. As he didn't know. He's got his head laid down. He's got his hat on. Him. Right side. I got right side of him. He, and I go. <clears throat> well, this little. He's not little. The big guy. When I did that, he goes. <clears throat> and he jumps up. His hat flies back. His legs start shaking. <laughs> All the blood drains out of his face. He grabs his heart, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I've this guy's going to have a heart attack and die. And he goes like this, and he's just i like scared to tar out of him. I was proud of myself. And he's back, and he's like this, and finally he comes to, and then he stands up. He looks at me, and he says, Sheel, I've had all of you I'm going to take, buddy. I hate your guts. It's going down right now. You and me, we're going to arm wrestle right now. For control of the classroom. (laughs) Well, anyway. Oh, you want to know if I arm wrestle. (laughs) Are you crazy? That kid would have whipped me. And if you let him whip me, then I'm done. So I called the principal and had him thrown out. Amen. (laughs) So anyway, but I told you that story to tell you this. I, call, uh, I had problems with the kid in the class, and I remember calling his dad on the phone one day, and I said, "Sir, I said I'm having some problems with your son. I just, can we get together and talk? Let's see if we can't work together to help him." I'll never forget. This man said, "said Mr. Shield, I don't have time for my boy. I'm a busy man. I work, and I just don't have time for him. You deal with him. He's your problem." I just don't have time for him. About four years later, I was informed that that young boy, drunk, out of his mind, had a, had a fatal car accident. Dead. Sad. And I, and I think back, if only that dad would have had time for his son, maybe he wouldn't have had to die. So Joseph had time for Jesus, you know something else about Joseph. Just a couple more of these. Uh, you know something else. I, I, I just—it's I, been there all this time, and I've never—I've never seen it until until this message. But it's been there all—all. All. Have you ever? Something's been there all along, and you never just. You know? Did you ever think about it? Joseph—he—he—he he, he marries Mary, and Jesus is born, and then the direction from God starts coming. Didn't we just read it? You know. I mean, he said, he said, arise, take the child, go into Egypt. Is that, is that right? And then, and then the Lord said in the process of time, God said to him in a dream through an angel, you know, he said, now go back to Israel. Every time God spoke, now listen to this, every time God spoke to Joseph, we're talking about a dad named Joe, every time God spoke to Joseph, Joseph immediately obeyed. Didn't he? Now how many of you know it takes faith to obey God? And I mean, he obeyed God right quick, didn't he? I mean, God spoke and Joseph, he obeyed. God spoke and Joseph obeyed. God spoke and Joseph obeyed. God spoke and Joseph obeyed. Joseph was devoted to God. He obeyed God. But what is this when he's obeying so quickly? What does that teach us about Joseph? He was a man of faith. Now, how does that affect Jesus? Remember... When Jesus was baptized, and a couple other times, whatever, remember what the Father said to Jesus? This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God. So, so okay, that's good. But what do you think was a major influence on Jesus as it pertained to being we know Jesus lived by faith. We know He walked by faith because the Heavenly Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And without faith you can't please God. Where did, What was a major... It must have been a major influence on Jesus' life that Jesus was a man of faith. He got that off of Joseph. Joseph. You ever, well, I, never, I never really saw that until this message. How big of an influence... Joseph was on Jesus because Joseph was a man of faith. Wow. Did you get that? Did you see that? How many saw that? You saw that? You get that? Also, and we didn't specifically read it in any of those verses, but Joseph, does anybody know what Joseph did for a living? What was he? He was a what? He was a carpenter, so he he worked didn 't he, and he provided for his family that 's good that 's good isn 't it? The Bible says in 1 Timothy, if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his own household he 's denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever you know and we 're not ta- that 's not talking about a man if he 's in between jobs or something like that that 's talking about somebody 's just going to be lazy and not work when, when they could you understand so so Joseph. What else do we learn from him? He worked and provided for his family as a carpenter. And then go to Luke, the second chapter. Go there, if you would. Luke, the second chapter. Luke, the second chapter. I want to show you now that Joseph trained Jesus up in the way he should go. What does the Bible say? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not... Depart from it. And Mary, of course, played a great role in this as well. So, but being Father's Day, we're centering in on Joseph. Joseph trained Jesus up in the way he should go. We're also going to notice he provided structure or discipline for Jesus. Look at Luke 2.22. Now, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed. This was Mary after Jesus had been born. Notice what the Bible says, they brought him. That's Mary and Joseph. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, I know Jesus is the Lord, but to present him to God the Father. You understand that? But real loud, say, they brought him. him. One more time, say, they they brought him. Yeah, they brought him. At what, eight days, I think this was, give or take, right in there. They brought him to present him. They brought him to the house of God to present him. Now look at verse 41. Look at verse 41. It says his parents, now this is like when Jesus is about 12 years old, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. Notice his parents went and they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to the house of God every year. They're instilling something in Jesus, aren't they? Aren't they? Notice they didn't send him And they stayed home. They went and they brought him. Is that right? And then in verse 51, uh, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was what? Was subject to them. What does that mean? Well, that means that they they, they had some sort of rules. Did you know Jesus? I'm convinced he did chores. I'm convinced he did. And he had responsibilities and things to do. He was subject to them. Well, in order to be subject to something, there has to be something to be subject to. Is that right? So he must have had some things. There was, must have been some disciplinary things that were there and some rules and regulations and whatnot, some structure. You know something else we've learned over the years? I've learned this firsthand in teaching school and in pastoring. Kids need structure. They really need structure. They need structure. They need uh, boundaries. Realize say boundaries. Yeah, they need boundaries. A lot of times parents feel like, well, if I have these boundaries for my kids. And you, and you understand, you can be too hard on your kids. You can be too easy on your kids. Every, every family different. But, you know, seek the Lord. Find out what the boundaries are for your child. But let me tell you that uh, uh, kids need boundaries. They feel safer when they have boundaries. So Jesus, I'm convinced, he had boundaries, and Jesus was subject to those boundaries. And and this is what a a good dad will do, a dad named Joe. Was was an example for Jesus, brought him to the house of God, had boundaries for him. And then when Jesus grows up, look at Luke 4.16. When he grows up, Luke 4.16, turn over there. When he grows up, notice this. Jesus is now around 30 years old at the time. We're reading here now. So when he came to Nazareth, when Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, as his custom was, as his what? As his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. As his custom was, he went to the house of God, didn't he? Where did he, where was that instilled within him? That was instilled within him by his Mom and dad, but by a a good dad named Joe. Is that right? Isn't that wonderful? Joseph brought Jesus up in the way that he should go. Listen to what Abraham Lincoln said about this. He said the best way to train a child in the way they should go is to go that way yourself. That's so good, I'm going to say that again. Abraham Lincoln said the best way to train a child in the way they should go is to go that way yourself. You know, Joseph did a good job with Jesus. He was a good and honorable husband, he realized that fatherhood is more than biological, he had time for Jesus. Joseph was devoted to God, obeyed God. He was a man of faith. He worked and provided for his family. And he trained up Jesus in the way he should go by going that way himself. I'd say he did a pretty good job with Jesus, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say? And not only with Jesus, but you know, have you ever heard of James? James? How many has ever heard of James? The young adults are studying about James and and the book of James on Tuesday nights. And James was Jesus' half-brother. See, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, but after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had other children. And James was a half-brother of Jesus. You understand what what I mean by that? James was a product of Mary and Joseph. And... If you ever read the book of James, James is real strong on not just hearing, but hearing and doing. doing. And every time God spoke to this good dad named Joe, who also raised James, this good dad named Joe, when God spoke to him, he heard it, but he didn't just hear it. Joseph did it. Is that right? And then you wonder why James wrote a lot about that. Well, he got that off of a good dad named Joe. Amen? And, And Joseph did good with James, you know, he became the pastor of that great church in Jerusalem. He wrote a New Testament book. And then also Jude. Remember the book of Jude? As another one of Jesus' half-brothers raised by Joseph and Mary. He wrote a New Testament book. And then they had some daughters as well. Joseph was a good dad. A good dad named Joe. He's a good example for us all. Did you get anything out of this today? Hey, I want to say Happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. Amen. God bless you all and and uh, let's all stand amen hope you got something good out of this heavenly father we thank you for your goodness your mercy and we just trust as we've shared this very simple message today about a good dad named joe that all of us will take some good things away from it and it's been a blessing to us all now if you're here today and you've never made God your heavenly father you need to do that before you leave today say how do I do that well the Bible says we're all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus so if you've never repented of your sins and played, placed your faith in Jesus do that before you leave today there'll be some men and women standing up here when we dismiss just walk up and say hey I want to make God my father I want to receive Jesus as my Lord if you'll do that they'll pray with you you can you can uh, become a Christian praise God Well, thanks for coming today. Have a great Father's Day. Go and be blessed. You're dismissed.